welcome to the Becoming Eva podcast, where we discuss real-life issues from a woman's perspective. Becoming Eva seeks to break the silence within the female community while fostering authenticity, transparency, and healing. We're your hosts, Latoya Moore and Maya Dawson. Let's get started. Welcome, 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 welcome. You all are in for a treat. We've got a good one today. And of course, you'll see we have a very special guest, as as you can tell. Um, So we'll definitely introduce her. But uh, first up, how are you doing, Toya? I am. hmm, I'll say I'm (laughs) surviving. Uh, This week has been a full week. Um, I presented at a conference. And then I had Hispanic Heritage event, so it's been a lot. Yes, <laughs> but you know what? I'm very proud of you because before we logged on, she said, you know what? I'm going to take a mental health day. I said, yes, yes. <laughs> it's a mental health day, girl. Get it in. So I'm very proud of you. Take the time that you need to refresh so that you yes. can continue to give out. So, But yeah, I hear you. It's been a busy week on this end as well. Uh, and yeah, I'm looking forward to taking some time myself. Like I had to remind myself, okay, just pace yourself, focus on whatever is in front of you and everything else will get done in its own time. So yes. So, but Miss Katina, our special guest, how are you doing today? Good. Thank y'all so much for having me. What an honor. We are honored. We are honored. It's 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 a blessing to have you here. So uh, without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and read your bio so everyone knows who you are. And then we're going to dive on into the topic at hand. Okay. So okay. first and foremost, Katina Talia Farrow currently serves as the Director of Diversity and Belonging at Mount Perrin Christian School in Kennesaw, Georgia, where she also leads the school's Community Council. I love that. She has found that 11 years in education has prepared her for this current role. Amen. Her heart is to ensure her students, families, faculty, and staff understand that as members of our school community, we adore and embrace God's creation in all of the many diverse ways he created each of us. I love that. Your quote here is, I truly have a desire to bridge gaps in our fellowship with one another that result from our differences. Just as nothing can separate us from the love of Christ, nothing should separate us from love between one another. Amen. And then second only to her love for the Lord is Katina's love and devotion to her family. She's been married to her college sweetheart, Emmett Talia Farrell, for 27 years, and they have two adult children. Ooh, still hard to believe. Okay. So her oldest is 27 years old. That's Emmett the fourth, and then Tiana, her son. Her uh, T- Emmett is her son. I'm sorry, and Tiana, her daughter. Um, her son, Emmett, played football for Samford University, where he majored in healthcare administration. He completed his master's in healthcare administration from the University of Georgia and is currently working at Grady Hospital in Atlanta. And then Tiana, her daughter, is in her senior year as an education major at the University. University of Alabama, where she is also cheered for her for each of those schools. Wow, for her four years. When Katina is not working, she loves spending time with her family. She loves the beach and she loves football. So, yes, <laughs> welcome, Katina. Welcome. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. 
I love it. So we're going to be talking about your journey in becoming and uh, just how you've overcome quite a few obstacles, but so gracefully. Uh, I will say, though, before we get into that, BE community, you know, we got to talk what's trending. Okay. So Katina, just go along for the ride. If you want to weigh in, feel free to weigh in. It gets a little <laughs> sticky at times, but you know, we got to talk. We got to talk. Yes. Okay? okay. So first up, everyone knows, you know, the ongoing saga between the Smiths, Will and Jada has, you know, been taking the news by storm uh, for the past few weeks now. And so most recently, Will Smith actually spoke out and he's he shared a very loving tribute to his wife at her book release. I believe they were in Philly and he talked about how he was going to love her forever. He's committed. He loves her unconditionally. And there's nothing that anyone can do to change that or to stop that. So my question is, does unconditional love truly conquer all? Y'all have any any thoughts on that? I'll let you go first, Katina. <laughs> well, wow, what a pleasure. Um, first, first, I have to say I was excited to see the little clip and to hear Will, you mm -hmm. know, speak um, because I've only heard Jada the last mm -hmm. and all the memes and yeah. things on um, social media. Yes. But um, going back to your question, can repeat it for me. Can love conquer? Does unconditional love truly conquer all? Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes, in its purest form. Mm -hmm. I, I, I would say yes. Um, yeah. More so agape love than anything else. I mean, that's mm -hmm. the, to me, that's the purest, highest form. But, um, you know. Th that's all I'm going to say about that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a tough one. I'm no, not that's a lie. tough one. It's a tough situation. It's yeah. so many layers, you know. Yeah, it is. And I mean, even I was talking with um with my husband Chris about it, and he was like, honestly, I think what he said was the Christ-like thing to say. He's like, my concern, of course, is the other side of that equation, you know, um, as far as when you give and you give and you give, but it doesn't necessarily look like it's reciprocated. And of course, you know, we're not in their marriage. No one knows what's That's what, right. you know, but at the end of the day, the hope and the prayer would be that that unconditional love would be on both sides of the equation. Right. So. And you got to really look at like the actions behind your unconditional love. Well, what does that look like? Mm -hmm. Does unconditional love, you know, have extra <laughs> marital affairs? Does it do like, does it have all of those different things? You know, their business has been on the street. So we all know <laughs> about all of it. So, I, I mean, I don't know if it conquers all if if it's not, if, it, if you're not operating in unconditional love in the truest form in all the different avenues of it. Because it's more than it's more than just a word. You have to show the unconditional love, and how are you showing it? That's, That's so good. good. That's, That's really good. Well, yeah. well said. 
Yeah. Well, y'all, we're going to leave that one alone. I have a feeling <laughs> we'll end up talking about it again before the season is over. That's right. That's so we're right. Gonna let that one sit where it is. Okay. Now I have another fun one. Okay. That has been trending this week as well. Okay. So first up, uh, a few weeks ago, there was a, 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 a viral video of this young lady who was on a first date and the guy pulls up outside of the restaurant and it turns out that it's cheesecake factory so she is like i am not getting out of the car i don't go to chain restaurants on first dates and she literally took the camera live went live had this whole conversation put her date on blast and every like it was a whole thing and so first there was questions about that like okay is what's wrong with cheesecake factory is that an appropriate place for a first date you know all of that and so since then there has been a list that has been created by women uh i was not in, i didn't have any part of this i don't know if, i don't know if y'all had any part in this i'm assuming these are all single women that weighed in and said this is where not to go on a first date and guess what was at the top of the list y'all Cheesecake Factory. Oh, wow. So literally they said Cheesecake Factory and then they named some other restaurants. I'm not going to go through the whole list, but some of them I understand, but some of them I was like, really? <laughs> so of course, Cheesecake Factory is at the top, which we could definitely talk about that because I don't, I don't see a problem with that one. But Applebee's, Chili's, Chipotle, Olive Garden, Red Lobster, Wingstop, Buffalo Wild Wings. Okay, I get the fast food thing here okay i get that but then you've got okay the movies maybe that's because you want to converse i don't know uh the gym church uh they don't want to do a coffee date no starbucks uh they don't want to go out for ice cream no ice cream uh no bowling no hookah bar well thank god for that um no sporting <laughs> events somebody was like well what if i got courtside tickets somewhere you don't want to go so it's there's a lot of different things on here. So all that to say, I get the fast food piece. Like you definitely want to make sure that someone is putting forth their best foot. But then at the same time, I have no problem going to get coffee with somebody, you know, if I'm really trying to get to know that person. So I don't know. Did y'all have any problems with any of the places I named as far as a potential first date? And I know we're all married, but, you know, think back to your dating times or, you know, in these dating streets today, what advice would you give single women? Well, I don't see anything wrong with Cheesecake Factory as a first date, um, in my opinion. It shouldn't be about the place anyway, mm -hmm. because the goal is for you to kind of get to know each other. Mm -hmm. So I don't necessarily want to put a value on the type of relation or type of restaurant for the first date. Um, because that's not it's that's not the goal. Your goal is not well. It may not. It may be some people's goal to like <laughs> eat good or whatever on your first date in a fancy restaurant. That was never my goal. Um, <laughs> I mean, it was nice if we went somewhere nice and fancy, but to me, I I like to reserve um, like the really fancy places for like really special occasions mm -hmm. um like anniversaries and mm -hmm. stuff like that um but i mean to each his own i don't see anything wrong with cheesecake factory chipotle may not be like my first choice yeah. but <laughs> 
for a first date. Mm-hmm. Um, and what did you say? Wing stop. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're not That's, doing that. We're not doing wing stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so I do think it's good to have standards, but not to focus so much on, you know, I feel like that's kind of like along the lines of like superficial things Very. and materialistic. Like mm-hmm. you got to think about what you're trying to, you know. Yeah, what's the goal? What's the goal? Mm-hmm. That's real. Any thoughts, Katina? Well, um, all I could think of when I saw that list, my very first thought was, wow, it's rough in these Dayton streets Uh, nowadays. uh. Um, It's hard for me, honestly, to comment, to be perfectly honest. I mean, I've been married to E for 26 years. Yeah, We've been together for 28 years. And our five-star our anniversary spot was out back, y'all. Like, I mean... We were young and I didn't care about any of that. And I would actually be fine with Chipotle, not Wingstop, but I would have been fine with Chipotle. <laughs> Their food is fresh. I'm good. I mean, grab a table, have a chat. I mean, and also, I'm also speaking as a mother with a son. I'm like, mm, mm. if a girl put you on blast for taking them to Cheesecake Factory, you could leave her right on there and um, keep it moving. Talk I just talk. Go yeah. Ahead. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I, I yeah. I was glad when he drove off when she was put, trying to put him on blast. And, oh yeah. And she was like, yes. "Where are you going? What? Where are we going? Mm-hmm. Like we can compromise. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. I'm you home. There you go. I was like, yeah. that's the correct choice. I would have dropped her off too. Yeah. Maybe we we'll call the Uber for her or something. Oh Lord. Get out the car. Yes. <laughs> no. I, I called you an Uber. Toy, you ruthless in these That's right. That's ruthless. Right. I don't know y'all. I would at least call an Uber for her. At least. At least. <laughs> at least, right. So yeah, I think say, that ooh. that I mean, you know, I don't know that person but it felt very superficial. And yeah. as a mom of a son, that is not what I would want for him. Mm. And if my daughter behaved that way, there would be some serious choice words, mm. but she wasn't raised that way. Like yeah. I, I just, the value is in the wrong thing as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Yeah. That's y'all some wisdom right there from a woman who's been married. <laughs> 26 going on 27 years okay like and and i love the mama perspective like if if that was my son in that situation Mm -hmm. he needs to rethink who he's taking out on a date that's real that's very real so single ladies i'm not saying don't have standards i'm not saying that but i am saying prioritize the right thing here okay like if you dating to get a free meal okay i guess i understand this list you must not be dating to get married if you (laughs) dating to get married then you really want to make sure that you're focusing on getting to know the person because you have to focus on their character and on their Mm -hmm. insides that is what matters Mm. just like it's not the wedding it's the marriage so i mean the focus needs to be on that, on the big picture, on the end game, not you didn't do this or you didn't buy me that or you that that is not lasting. Yeah. Write so. it down, y'all. Take notes. We, we look <laughs> just saying we got an expert here. OK. So. <laughs> All right. So that concludes what's trending. And I'm going to turn it on over to Latoya. Yes. So I understand that you and Maya already know each other. Yeah. So I would like to know, and as well as the Becoming Eva fans, a little bit about 
you and about um, what it was like growing up in your family. Can you tell us a little bit about like where you're from and your family? Yes. Well, I um, was born in Chicago and we lived there until I was five and my dad got a job opportunity and we moved to California. Um, and I have one sister, she's eight years older. So that move was very traumatic for her. She was 13. Mm -hmm. So if my memory serves correct, I think she was eighth grade going into ninth grade. So y'all can imagine, I mean, I was going into kindergarten, who cares? Right. Um, um, my dad is from Eufaula, Alabama, and my mom is from Yazoo city, Mississippi. So as you can imagine, the big lights in the big city of California was so foreign, um, particularly for my mom. Um, and so much so that the day after school would let out every single year, she flew, um, They we would drive and we would go to Chicago for a month. I would go to Chicago for a month with my cousins. And then we would all go down to Alabama with my grandma on my dad's side. And then I would leave them after a few weeks and go to Mississippi. By the time it was all said and done, I skidded back into California the day before um, school started. My mom, um, and these are her words, she did not want me around the plastic people. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> oh, yes, I mean, you know, but looking back, wow, my parents gave me the greatest gift the gift of my cousins and the gift of my grandparents. So I was the grandchild in my grandma's kitchen because she was the um, candy lady in Mississippi. And so um, I sold, you know, little five cent candy pieces out of her kitchen and um, sat with them. And, you know, I know so much about them and I gleaned so much from them. And so we're just a really close knit family. And I'm just so blessed that I got that time with both sets of grandparents. That's awesome. Yes. That explains a lot because I feel like you've always had an old soul and just being very nurturing. So I'm like, definitely the grandparent influence. Definitely. Yes. And my parents too. I mean, they're the very best people I know. Oh, so, that's awesome. Yeah. Yes. You've always been, as, as long as I've known you, an incredible woman of God that I have admired. And so can you tell us how that relationship, you know, developed for you personally? Well, you know, I thought about, I thought about that, particularly over this last year. It's, it's so interesting, but um, I can't remember a time not being in church. So whether it was with my parents, my dad led a Bible study and they were very active in our church growing up. And of course, when I was down south in Alabama, Mississippi, we were there all day Sunday, all night Wednesday um, in the summer. And so I realized that my um, I've always loved the Lord. That was always I always loved him. But my relationship deepened as I got older. Mm. And then honestly, um, I, I, it just made me realize that um, my relationship deepened with him as I became a wife, as I became a mother, and um, it helped me to really delve into the word. Wow. That's awesome. So you kind of talked a little bit about how your relationship um, evolved over over the um, the years, your relationship with God. Um, can you talk a little bit about how you discovered what you were passionate about in life? 
Oh, wow. Um, well, I think anyone that knows me would automatically say I am very passionate about my family. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a fierce protector of my people. And, um, but I am also passionate about my students and just about love to learn. Um, I love being around the students. And honestly, I love every age. Yeah. I don't know if that's because my kids have gone through every age. Now, let me make a correction. I, I know I could not do kinder or preschool all day. <laughs> I was going to ask you about that. No, ma'am. I'm a little too old for that now. Um, <laughs> 20 years ago, I'm on that floor and I am crisscross applesauce doing all the things. But um, now I need it in spurts. I'm an older lady now. So um, second grade and up is probably mm -hmm. my, you know, probably my sweet spot. Second and third is still just such a sweet spot for me. But growing up in California, I will never forget this. My senior year, um, my counselor brought me in and she said that I was only suited for junior college. Oh, wow. Well, you know, I'm an educator, so there is wow. nothing wrong with junior college. There is nothing wrong with junior college. But I think there is something wrong with telling a child that when you barely know their name. Yeah. So wow. I just thought I was just average. I just thought I was just kind of an average student. So when I went to Hampton, oh my word, when they talk about the scales came off mm. and your heart just burst wide open. I mean, I had professors telling me that I was smart. I had only mm. heard that from my family. Mm. And um, because of that, because of the environment, I... I developed a love of learning and I knew I was capable wow. and I just never wanted a child to walk away from my presence without knowing that they were loved, that they were seen, that they were valued, that they're capable wherever they are at. Yeah. Is everybody on the same level? No, but I always wanted to be the educator to meet you where you were mm -hmm. and to love on you. Um, and to see a spark in a child's eye because, you know, you said something or you taught them something, I, there's nothing like it. And so I got a little taste. I did get to homeschool my kids, um, not for long, but I did get to stay at home and homeschool my kids um, before they got to kindergarten. And I just, it's the, it's the best feeling. And I love being around my kids. I love being around their friends. Um, we, we just, me and E both, I mean, we love it. He coaches. And so I do know that that is, I'm very passionate about that. That is yes. awesome. I, wow. I did not know that like literally that experience, the, that you had that experience in high school and just thinking about how many students may have had similar experiences and like just decided to just do away with college period because of it, you know, mm -hmm. but you instead continued on. And it was in college that the light bulb went on for you. Like, Hey, I love learning. I can really do this. So, and of course, you know, we got to shout out the HBCUs, you know, I'm an HBCU alum as well. Yes. Do you feel like that played a role as well in you um, really being poured into as a student? I had never ever ever been poured into that way wow. i was never seen in lower school middle school or high school mm. i just was 
um, you know, in the background and I was just there. But was I known by one teacher? I was only I only felt like I was known by my third grade teacher, Miss Price. She later got married in Miss Arnold. And as old as I am, that's how good she was, because she stands out to me. That may be why my sweet spot is third grade. That just clicked to me. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I've never even thought about it that way. But Miss Price is the only one that um, I felt and I knew that I was seen by her. Wow. My sweet spot is definitely high school. Um, oh, yeah. As an educator. I definitely felt very marginalized growing up um, in yes. the different schools. So I definitely get that. Like, you know, I was very quiet, didn't really speak much. I knew a lot of the answers, didn't really have confidence to like raise my hand. Mm -hmm. But I would like get A's on the test and I just wasn't really confident. And then in high school, Miss um, Karen Reed um, my biology teacher, um, she was also my track and field coach and my cheerleading coach. Um, I felt like she really poured into me. Mm -hmm. And because we developed a relationship outside of the classroom, because she was my coach, um, she just really poured into me and kept telling me things like, oh, you're brilliant. You're smart. You're going to do great things. And um, just that affirmation, I don't think I was getting that from home or anyone else, actually. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that's like my yes. favorite thing to teach. But, well, I'll say second favorite thing. My first thing is forensics, then biology. Oh, but wow. I think really, um, <laughs> it really played a, a role in my um, decision to go into education um, and I love um, building relationships with students and watching uh, them grow. And then the connections after school, like yes, um, even once they move on and then yes. I see them at like random places now, like, oh, now you're at my doctor's office. <laughs> oh, I, you are putting like something on my chest, like. <laughs> that's right. That's you know, right. Oh, you are taking care of my dog because you're a veterinarian now. Like it's yes. Just, it's and then some of them are like coaching uh my kids at gymnastics. Awesome. Like I yes. keep into all these people that I have taught and touched over the years, and it's just really awesome to see like the full circle of life, and now they're coaching and teaching my own kids and mm -hmm. now they get to see it from my eyes when I was a teacher teaching them and when they were acting up in my class and now you got my kids oh yeah it'll come back for sure <laughs> hey babe. but so, yes I love my alums that they still reach out when I get a message from an alum it, it just it it makes my heart want to burst wide open I mean it really does just that I was thought of and, um, you know, they might call for advice. They might just call to catch up, but I agree with you. There's nothing like it. Wow. And Miss Reed, um, she sends me a Christmas card every year still to this day. And oh, I send I her one too. So we have stayed in touch. I love that. Years. My brother, he gets a little jealous because, you know, <laughs> 
Tahoe too, but she doesn't send him a Christmas. No, no. I love it. I do too. Wow. That's amazing. We have anything else you want to share regarding the origin story or anything you want to share regarding that, Katina? Gosh, I don't think so. Um, yeah, I don't think so. I love it. I love hearing hearing these full circle moments. Beautiful. No, it's sweet. Well, let's dive on into becoming and your journey currently. You actually, and I was, of course, we, you know, we follow each other on social media. It's probably been, gosh, I was trying to remember the last time we saw each other in person. It's been several years. I want to say right after Right after I got married, I remember you giving me marriage advice. We were at a bridal shower for someone else. And so I can't believe that might have been the last time. But anyways, wow. of course, we keep in touch on social media. But a couple of weeks ago, you posted an amazing testimony in honor of Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And I was like, OK, we got to have you on the show. We got to have you on the show. And so I would love for you to share with us your journey as now a breast cancer survivor, I like to call it a thriver, yes, um, but if you can share too. with us your journey, like how were you diagnosed and what was that experience like when you, you know, when you were diagnosed? Well, um, thankfully I had my annual um, already scheduled. And so a few days before my annual, I actually felt a lump. Mm. Even though I felt the lump and it was, um, it moved, it felt just like a pebble. It was very distinct. I wasn't worried because I've had a, I've had a lump before mm -hmm. and it was benign. I can have cystic breasts before and after my cycle. So honestly, I wasn't, I, I wasn't alarmed like at all. Yeah. I went to my gynecologist. I had my annual um, exam and she ordered my mammogram. And I showed her the lump and she said, yes, I felt it. Um, we're just going to do the mammogram. Everything should be fine. I do the mammogram. I get called back. So um, they say, Katina, you need, um, I really want to refer you to a breast specialist. So I go to the breast specialist and they do um, the wand where they're actually taking images. And I noticed that their face mm. looked a little funny. And so I asked and I said, is everything okay? And they said, well, I don't love what I see. I'm just going to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. We like to see round edges and your edges are, they have a little bit of jaggedness to them. Mm -hmm. So I, we're not sure, but um, we're going to do a biopsy and we're going to send the tissue sample out and, you know, we'll just let you know. So um, that was literally when they did the needle biopsy, the most painful. And I had two kids without anesthesia. So that's how painful it was Wow! Um, because of the location mm. of where they did it. And um, I was like, oh, my goodness. So, of course, waited, 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 get called back in. And um, let me backtrack and say that my Tiana, she had an away game in Arkansas. So we were in Arkansas, I was in Arkansas with um, other mothers of her teammates. My chart pops up on my phone mm. and I happened to be with a registered nurse. A registered nurse was one of the moms. 
Wow. So I said, guys, my, um, my test results just came up. Should I look or should I wait? And so um, my sweet friend, Sarah said, let me look. Hmm. She did such a beautiful job and did not alert me. She, she the way she handled it and did it is, it, it was just, it was beautiful. It was kind and it was gracious. Mm. So I still wasn't worried. I flew home Saturday night at one in the morning. And then I had to jump on a flight to head to Woodlands, Texas, because I, because I had a conference at work. Mm. So I was going on zero sleep. Went to the conference Sunday night, Monday. I left the conference early Tuesday morning, October 4th. I had a one o'clock appointment with my breast specialist to get the results. Mm. My cousin and E offered to go with me. And I was like, no, we're good. We're okay. Sarah didn't say anything. It's fine. Everything's fine. They may say that I need um, to have a lump removal, but I surely did not think the C word. Oh, wow. So I walk in and they cut straight to the chase. Um, they were very direct. They were not cold, but they were very clinical. And I think I was like, what? Wait, what did you just say? She said, I'm so sorry. It's cancer. Hmm. And my grandmother died at 104. Like it does not run in our family. I think that might've been the first thing I blurted out. And she said, nowadays, it does not need to run in your family. Mm. And so I just remember being super dazed, walking out with a bunch of pamphlets and just trying to drive home. I didn't cry yet. I teared up, but I didn't cry. I, I honestly, honestly think I was just in shock. Wow. Um, e at the time was working overnight and um, nine to nine, but th um, this week he was on doubles. So when I got home around two-ish, he was just leaving for work. And I just remember being in the kitchen and I blurted it out. Mm. And he said, what? And I said, I know. It doesn't feel real. So he hugged me and prayed over me and went to work. And um, I, I don't know. I was in a daze, partly because... My mom, my dad, and my sister had left the night before mm. to go to Beirut, Lebanon. Wow. I got the news. They were still in flight. Mm. So I couldn't tell them. And because my kids were lifers, what we call lifers at Mount Perrin, they started in preschool and they graduated from there. And because I work there, I couldn't say anything to anyone. Oh, wow. Because I could not take the chance that my kids find out from anyone other than me and E. Mm -hmm. so I had to hold it. I, I could not say anything to anyone. There was one trusted friend um, that I told Stephanie at work mm -hmm. because I knew she would not utter a word, but mm -hmm. I couldn't say anything. So this was October 4th. So um, I couldn't get my kids together that weekend because Tiana had a home game. We played Texas A&M. And we went, we acted like everything was normal. I faked it. And we had an away game at Tennessee, October 15th. And brother was getting, brother said, hey, mom, I think I'm going to come home on the 15th. So I said, I have to get Tiana home. Mm -hmm. So I called her, Tiana got put on the Tennessee game. 
I called her coach and I had to tell her coach. So her coach pulled her off the game. Tiana didn't think anything of it really because she was hoping to come home anyway and was um, like, oh, yeah, I got put on the game, but now I get to come home. So awesome. Mm. So I tell my kids it was around 2.30ish on Saturday, October 15th. And I do not think that that day, um, that day sticks out more than the October 4th date. Mm. It was, it was hard and it was yuck and it was just all the things. Um, They responded exactly how I knew that they would. And again, I just had to reassure them and tell them that everything was gonna be okay. Both of my kids instantly went to a really good girlfriend um, that is a thriver. And um, when Tiana was in eighth grade and Emmett was in 11th grade, she got diagnosed with her second bout of breast cancer. Mm. This time it was very aggressive. Mm. So we, we cared for their family. I did their family calendar for 10 months. Oh, wow. and, I mean, she immediately went to MD Anderson. She had the max amount of radiation. She had um, the harshest chemo. So my kids experienced that. So when I told them I had breast cancer, that's exactly where they went to. Gotcha. So I just had to reassure them and tell them that ours was different and that we won't know more until I actually have the surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is where our faith activates. This the faith your faith does not activate when you're skipping around come on glitter and um blowing, you know, I don't know, um cotton candy bubbles. Like that is yep. not when your faith is activated. Your faith is activated when you are at your lowest of your low and you have to look your beautiful kids in their eyeballs and put fear into their into their hearts. You know, that's what it felt like. You know, all the night before and all morning, I mean, I just felt such angst because I knew that their world would change as soon as I, you know, spoke to them. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I told them on Saturday the 15th and I had my surgery on October 18th. But we had to wait two weeks because I did go ahead and do the genetic testing and that lab was in California. And so it took a good two weeks for me to get the results back. And the reason I chose to do the genetic testing is for a couple of reasons. I was three weeks away from my 50th birthday. So I was under 50 and I have a daughter. Mm -hmm. And so I just wanted to know how closely does Tiana need to be monitored? Because again, this does not run in our family. It just felt like such a fluke to all of us. I mean, it just, it didn't feel real. So thankfully the results came back and um, it came back great. Uh, There's no genetic markers or anything like that. Um, Tiana will still have to be monitored because again, Mm -hmm. I was not quite three weeks shy of turning 50 um, Mm -hmm. when it happened. So she will be monitored, but I think that's an awesome thing. So let Um, me ask for a genetic testing. Does that like it, it, identifies the potential of it running in your family or Correct. okay so then that would have prompted if i had come back and i had had any markers mm-hmm. then that would have prompted them to test my tiana got it and, mm-hmm. and and they would have tested her in her well gosh i guess there are people being diagnosed in their 20s now 
Mm-hmm. But they would have tested her. And then you kept saying because you were close to your 50th birthday, what is that delineation? How does that impact the testing? Like, So I don't know if this is universal, but mm-hmm. my doctor said because I was under 50, mm-hmm. just classified under 50, and the fact that I have a daughter, mm-hmm. that she will just be monitored more closely because I'm her mother. You know, it's the, you know, it's direct. Oh. And God. so, um, but I told, I told Tiana, that's great mm-hmm. because I truly, truly believe that I caught mine early and when they went in, they got clear margins, but because I frequently did my breast exams mm-hmm. and I didn't wait around, um, I, I think that that truly saved my life. I really do. Wow. Because I did not realize that while the pandemic was going on, there, I did not get a mammogram for two and a half years. And, you know, mammograms in 2020, that was elective. I mean, that was considered elective. And then 2021, the world wasn't quite open yet. And then here I am 2022, you know? Um, But I did go a time period, which I do not recommend, but I did go a time period where I did not get my mammogram. I was still doing self. Oh yeah. I did not do my mammogram. So um, that I think is awesome that Tiana mm-hmm. will be monitored closely. Now you ended up having surgery to have the lump removed. Were there other courses of treatment that were recommended or, or what made you basically decide to go that route um, versus another? Right. So I think, so the way my mind works, um, I overthink a lot. And so the approach I kind of wanted to take this go around was just, I want to trust God and I want to trust my gut. Mm. Those were my two things. I didn't want to do a lot of research because the way my mind is, it would have sent me down a path that I did not want to go down. I just wanted to trust God and trust my gut. And so that's mm-hmm. kind of the approach that I took with everything. So what I felt after, you know, them sharing their opinions and, you know, their recommendations, I felt like if my genetic test came back and I carried the marker, mm-hmm. I was going to get a double mastectomy. Wow. That just, I've already nursed my kids and I need a little lift. And so I thought, well, this is what we're going to do. If um, if I come back with that genetic marker, that's what we're doing. When I didn't, I just felt like, you know what? Let's just do the lumpectomy. And they only removed one lymph node. Mm-hmm. I mean, five years ago, I had a girlfriend and the way they described it, they took a gangle of her lymph nodes. That was kind of protocol back then. But now the day before surgery, they inject you with blue dye. Mm -hmm. And if the blue dye does what it's supposed to do, it will give you a clear path from the mass to your lymph node. Mm. And that way they can see exactly what's going on. So I did that the day before surgery. And then of course they, you know, did clear margins, but they took tissue samples. And then I had to wait an additional time um, while the tissue samples came back. And um, so what my course of treatment, um, typically when you have a lumpectomy, it is automatic radiation. Mm. 
typically when you do a mastectomy, there is no radiation. Okay. And because I wasn't, thank God, a candidate for chemo, radiation was then the only additional um, treatment that course of treatment that I needed. So I had 21 rounds of radiation. Hmm. I started on December 1st and I ended on December 30th and rang the bell. Amen. And it was awesome. And it was crazy because Tiana, so at University of Alabama, they have sideline cheer where you'll see her on the sideline, but then you can also try out for what they call Matt in January to compete at nationals. Mm -hmm. Well, Tiana made Matt um, last year. And so she was only able to come home for Christmas for three days. Oh, wow. So those three days, I just remember I have to be on. Yeah. Um, It has to be a winter wonderland in the house. Everything has to be normal. Everything has to be good and jolly and bop, bop, bop. And, and I felt like I was on autopilot in protection of them. And in protection of E, I mean, it, I, I think that diagnosis just knocked us all, mm-hmm. knocked the wind out of all of us, I just think, you know. And so um, I do remember one time Tiana calling and she said, hey, mom, you sound tired. Is everything okay? And I said, oh, I was just taking a little nap. And she said, a nap? Are you okay? Is everything okay? So I knew they weren't in a place where they could handle seeing the hard. Yeah. Or me really expressing the hard. Mm -hmm. And so I realized after the fact, I didn't really talk about Mm -hmm. how I was feeling and about what I was going through. I didn't want to burden anybody. Yeah. (gasps) And that's a big mistake. Did you, but I was going to say, did you, I know you may have felt that way with your family because you, you know, you're the the nurturer, the support, but did you find that, that in anyone else, if it was a friend, if it was someone that had gone through it previously or, you know, another family member, you know? Yes. So um, I do have a couple of friends that had gone through it previously. Of course, he was awesome. I mean, he listened to it every word bless him i mean so you know as you can tell i'm not really short on words and so you know i did you know say to him of course and my cousins you know um but i didn't realize until after that even though i thought i was talking Mm. i really wasn't fully sharing I, i really wasn't and um in hindsight i really really wish that I had done a support group. Mm. I think that would have been amazing for me. Mm. Um, And I I don't know why I didn't think of it um, at the time, but that would have been, that would be my advice to anyone, you know, moving forward. I pray everyone, I pray no one has this. Cancer is awful. I want it to go away. But if you ever were faced with that, lean in on your loved ones, Mm. but also find a support group. I I wish that I had done that. And I had amazing family, but just walking through with people that are going through the exact same thing. So I made friends with the regulars, um, you know, every morning because I would do treatments at 6 a.m. so that I could um, leave, shower and be to work on time. And wow. so I um, 
you know, it, it was funny because you just make friends with the people in the locker room and you're going through. So I did have that and that was a huge blessing, but I genuinely wish that I had um, done a support group. Wow. Yeah. That was some really Ooh. great tips. Mm -hmm. Um, making sure to do your annuals with your OBGYN. I think that's important because um, sometimes um, we get busy with all the different day-to-day -day things and work. And if you have kids and all the different things, sometimes we put ourselves kind of like last, mm -hmm. um, especially if you have kids and, you know, they have to have all their appointments and that's right. It's very hard to really schedule in the time for like dentists, physical, like for each individual mm -hmm. person. That's right. Uh, but you cannot forget about yourself. Um, so I love that tip and yeah. the tip of having a su support group. Do you have any additional tips or words of wisdom that you want to share? Oh gosh. Um, yes. I, I mean, the, one of the best, I'm trying to think back to one of what were the things that made me feel so loved and supported. The, one of the best things would be friends or family sending me scripture mm. and encouraging word and worship songs. There is something when you lift your hands and you worship the Lord, that is such healing for me. Mm. And so when friends or family would send me worship songs, a scripture, a sweet word, um, another little tip I would give is, you know, just to give grace, I became very forgetful. Um, they call it chemo brain or radiation fog. Mm -hmm. The radiation fog for me anyway was real. Mm -hmm. um, and I was always saying, I'm so sorry. Can you repeat that? I had a notepad and pen with me everywhere I went at school because I had to write everything down. I couldn't remember if I was just introduced to Jack. It could have been two minutes later. What was his name again? I mean, I genuinely could not remember. And so, you know, just giving grace. Um, also offering to go to doctor's appointments, um, particularly if you're going through chemo, because, you know, the chemo treatments are long. And um, I know that with our friend that I spoke of previously, another girlfriend arranged for different friends to sit with her during chemo treatments and they would play cards, they would color, they, I mean, you know, they would watch an episode, a funny episode to get their mind off of things. Um, those are the things. And what was really special for me was when E showed up and my cousin showed up and one of my sweet friends that was going through it, but had completed and rang her bell three days before she showed up for me to ring my bell. Yes, yes. and I'm telling you, I tear up even now, just um, the kindness, just any act of kindness, mm. you know, um, sometimes you can say, what do you need? And when you're going through, you don't know what you need. Yeah. You know, if somebody yeah. says, oh, are you hungry? What do you want me to get you? I don't know what I want to eat. Mm -hmm. Just 
whatever you would eat, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so my best surprise, honestly, was when people just dropped things off at my door. They didn't ask me. I didn't have to figure it out. I didn't have to think through it. Yeah. And guess what? I may not like X, Y, and Z. I may not like raisins, but guess what? Some cinnamon rolls with raisins got put at my door. I'm eating those cinnamon rolls and raisins. (laughs) I like those raisins because somebody thought enough of me. And so my dislikes, my preferences, that goes out the door. I didn't care about any of that. I was just thankful to not have to think about it, you know? Um, Another thing you could ask um, a friend, hey, what's your cancerversary? I don't even know that that's Um, but what's your anniversary? And put it down. And if you would send a note or send a text on their, you know, the anniversary of when they were diagnosed or, you know, I asked a couple of people, different people have um, different anniversaries. So Mm -hmm. I consider my anniversary October 4th. That was when I was diagnosed. Yeah. I know some people, they market the day of surgery. Some Mm -hmm. people market when they ring the bell. Mm -hmm. Some people market when they start treatment. So mine is October 4th. And, um, you know, that was when, you know, I got diagnosed. But those are just sweet, kind things, you know, and genuinely the best thing if they never know is to pray for them earnestly yeah, because it does feel, I never felt this way. Um, but I know in speaking to some people, they felt very, very lonely Mm. and isolated. And I did feel the isolation though, after radiation, when we came back from Christmas break in January, Mm-hmm. It was so hard. I had to stay away from people because radiation killed my immune system. Yeah. And I work in a school. Yeah. And I work with pre-K through 12. Yeah. I got all kinds. I got super germs around me. Um, mm-hmm. I always call preschool super germs. Um, so that was hard. It was hard seeing my babies and mm-hmm. not being able to bend down and hug. I had to find different ways, you know, to love on them. But um if somebody sneezed down the hall, mm. you can guarantee I was sick oh, and wow. I never get sick. Yeah. So January, February, March. Oh, it was, it was so tough. And mm. then stress did set in. So I had a horrible, horrible, horrible case of eczema in my scalp oh, wow. and on my forehead. Mm. And it just looked noticeable to me. And I just was very self-conscious. I, was peeling really bad. Mm. And I just, I would wake up um, and I was scratching. I was bleeding. Um, I lost my edges. Um, My hair did thin out, even from radiation, your hair can thin Mm. out. Um, But I'm not complaining because chemo, you know, you lose your hair. So Jesus, right. But um, I was just self-conscious because, you know, my edges, my hair had thinned Mm -hmm. out. Um, I felt like I had cradle cap. I don't know if y'all know what that is, a baby, but I felt like I had cradle cap all right here. It just felt so noticeable um, to me. So I had certain friends that they would do this and I would know to drink my cream and put my cream on because that meant I was shedding and I was peeling. 
Wow. And so I had certain people at different mm-hmm. spots at the school that would mm-hmm. signal me, you know, if, um, if I was looking crazy. So wow. <laughs> yeah. thank God for just support on all levels, like in every aspect, like that's, that's beautiful. Yes. Ooh, yes. Katina, we could, we could go on and on. I want to, I want to be mindful of, of your time, but, and, and ask in closing, is, is there any other either words of wisdom or advice even that you would give words of encouragement, even to anyone that may be going through radiation right now, or have a family member that is, you know, um, on this journey. Um, any, anything you want to share in closing? Well, if there is anyone listening that is going through radiation, I just want to tell you, you are coming out on the other side. Amen. And I would also say what I tell all of my kids, my own biological kids and my other kids, we can do hard things. Mm. We can. Mm. We can. That's good. We and can do hard things. We I can love do that. hard things. We can. And um, I pray that anyone, you know, going through any health challenges at all would mm-hmm. draw closer to him. Yeah. He is our great physician. He is our healer. And um, I believe that that is what I believe. That is what I clung to the hope and the promise of Jesus. And um, that is what I clung to. Um, I can give some really practical advice. Um, If you are going through a health challenge, do not, do not, do not go to your appointment. If your tissue samples and your lab results and any results, if they are not in, you change that appointment because guess what? Go into this long um, doctor's appointment. They don't have your tissue sample. They don't have your lab work. They don't have something. Guess what? You still got to pay. Wow. Tax is real. The pink tax is real. They call that. And I've, and I, I've done it. So I needed PT. I had a little bit of lymphedema from the lymph node removal. So I was referred for PT. I only completed four sessions because mm-hmm. I couldn't afford any more. Yeah. And that's what they call the pink tax. Wow. Women that are not getting full treatments because you can't afford it. <sighs> I mean, it's so if you are going through a health challenge and you have a doctor's appointment, do not, do not, do not go. If my chart or whatever it is, yeah. if the results are not in. You need to push that appointment back because they will still charge you to check on you to see how you're doing or to check your blood pressure. No, no, you still (laughs) the same price. And so that, that is very um, practical advice. Yeah. Um, I love word puzzles like on my phone, but bring something because there is no cancer doctor out there. There is Mm -hmm. not one oncologist that does not have you sitting and waiting. Um, it's fact. The oncology appointments literally were the longest doctor's appointments I have ever experienced. So have a bag. So you're not agitated, irritated, and annoyed. And so that when you get in there, your blood pressure isn't sky. That's real. (laughs) That's real. No, I mean, it's real and it's practical. Um, And then also just, um, don't, don't be like me, be better than me. And don't pretend that everything is fine. Um, when it's not, 
you know, reach out. People really do want to help and to love and to serve you. A lot of times people just don't know how. Mm. And, you know, so your trusted, you know, circle, what I call my hula hoop, um, lean on them. They they want to help you. They, they do. Um, and find a support group. I wish that I had done that. Also, um, I'm going to try yoga and see if yoga is something that I enjoy. I always walk. I love being outside. Um, and so I definitely walk and I do all of that. And that's a sweet little um, stress reliever for me. But somebody was like, yoga is amazing. And I'm like, okay, let's try. Um, <laughs> I love it. I love it. And so um, those are just, you know, kind of practical things um, that I, you know, that I would love to share with someone listening. But just to know that um, lean on your people, trust God, and trust your gut. Mm, that's good. I swapped an oncologist because we didn't vibe. I didn't, I, I, we just didn't vibe. That's, yeah. that's the best way to put it. And I felt bad because she was recommended by my breast specialist. So I hesitated and I went on a second appointment, but that second appointment sealed it. Mm. And now my oncologist is everything Yay. you want. Yes. And so trust your gut, trust that knower. That's good. I just feel like God, particularly us women, gave us that knower. And I just yes. trust your gut. Trust your gut. When things don't quite feel right, you need to get it checked out. Good stuff. Yeah. Thank you, Katina. We're going to close out with noble character acknowledgement. And so do you want to share what noble character is? And then we'll we'll close on out. Yes. Noble character is a section on our show where we like to acknowledge a woman or women in our community that is inspiring others or being a role model um, to someone else. So uh, Katina, we would like to basically, we normally let our guests choose a noble character, but we are choosing you yes. as a woman of noble character yes. because you are a, and I, Correct me if I'm wrong. You said a thriver, mm -hmm. not a survivor. Come on. Yes. Um, yes. So you oh are goodness. a woman of noble character. Yes. Oh, my yes. goodness. Y'all are so kind. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and you, I mean, like I said, I've, I, you know, adored you long before this whole situ situation. Yes. But seeing how you have come out on the other side of it um, just has just shown yet another aspect of how amazing a woman of God you are. And so we want to celebrate you. Um, number one, for sharing your story. I know it's still very fresh with you coming out and just having your first cancerversary. So yes. thank you for entrusting us with sharing your story, sharing your path, and just using it as an opportunity to inspire and encourage others. So we celebrate you today. Katina. Oh, my word. Thank y'all so much. Thank you. Thank yes. you. This has been an honor and a joy. I'm so, I'm so thankful. I'm just thank you, Lord, that I can love on my babies longer and yes. love my husband and be with my family and that I was able to sit down with you all. So thank yes. you. Thank you. Thank you. 
Absolutely. Well, thank you for your time. Yes. Y'all, yes. this has been one for the book. So, yes. yes. Thank you for your time. This has been an amazing episode. So, Becoming Eva or BE Community, we want you, of course, to share this story, tag, like, subscribe, all the things, you know. And then, of course, definitely visit our website if you want to um, support us with merch, all that good stuff. But we just want you to support and to pass the story on, y'all. And next week, we will actually continue the Becoming journey with special guest, Adrian Pettit. Did I say her last name right? Or yes. You? Okay. Adrian Pettit. Yes. So we will see you all next week. Have a good one. See you soon. See you Bye. soon. <laughs> Don't forget to like us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Click subscribe on YouTube and subscribe to the podcast. Check us out at becomingevatoday.com or email us at becomingevatoday.com. See, See you next time. time.